0: joining me in the studio this morning it is ed fletcher superintendent Mammoth roseville school uh, district good morning ed good morning you guys had your special meeting last night uh with the school board to determine some of the protocols as we step into the next school year
1: yes uh we did we uh I presented a plan to them that, that it was a lengthy plan. I'll, some of that is just um, we had to because of the, uh, the ESSER monies, our plans have to have certain topics and cover certain things. And so, but the, the, the biggest thing I think most people are, are asking about would be the use of masks in schools. And so the language we use was masks are universally recommended, but not required in K through 12 schools for all teachers, staff, students, and visitors, regardless of vaccination status. Um, we expect, each person in our schools will follow this CDC guidance, uh, and but it, but in addition to that, we approved some mask wearing, wearing metrics that have been developed by the school district and you know, with with some help from the health department. And if certain conditions are met, masks will be re- required to be worn in school. So for for us and in, in, in our metrics, we separated them uh, pre K through six and in seven through 12. And, and the reason for that is in pre-K through six, you have cohort classes. So a, a group of students will stay in teacher's A's class for the whole day, where at the high school, they transfer from, from class to class. So, um, so in pre-K through six, if we have one positive case in a classroom, uh, students and staff will, will wear masks for 14 days and will ask students and staff to do uh, a pre-certification check. We're not doing the paper copy of the pre-certification check. We're trusting our parents that they're not going to send their kids to school sick. They're going to talk to them, look at them in the eye, and say, "All right, you need to go. Uh, you, need, or you need to stay home, or you got to go to school." You know, so we trust them to keep their home when they're sick. Um, the second one is if there's four or more cases in a building at any one time, all students and staff. In the school will wear masks for 14 calendar days and have daily health pre-certification checks. We're asking them to check on their own. Again, no paper copy. Um, if there's two or more epidemiologically linked cases in the school within 14 calendar days, all school students and staff will mask up for 14 days and do the pre-certification checks. Um, if weekly youth cases in Warren County increase for three or more consecutive weeks, I will consult with the health department to determine whether masks should be worn or not. Cause it may not, it, it, those youth cases may not be in MR schools. Uh, if County test positivity is greater than 8%. Again, I'll coordinate with the um, health department to determine whether masks should be worn. If weekly new cases are greater than 100 per 100,000 people, masks may be required to be worn. If, co- if weekly counter county overall case numbers increase for two sec, Two consecutive weeks with a greater than 20% increase each week, masks may be worn. And if weekly youth cases uh, increase for two consecutive weeks with a greater than 20% increase each week, masks may be worn. So those last five bullet points come straight from IDPH guidance for substantial community transmission. Um. For grades seven through twelve, the only difference is um, there is no if there's one positive case in a classroom line, it straight it goes straight to if there's four or more cases in a school building at any one time, all students and staff will wear in the school will wear a mask for fourteen calendar days and they'll be day will ask for daily parents who conduct the health checks. Now, when we looked at our data um, in grade seven through twelve, there was only one time last spring. From January to May, where that would that that uh, metric would have been uh, surpassed. So we didn't. I didn't know that before I made the metric. You know, I I, I looked at the numbers. You know, I, I thought, well, maybe three didn't sound too. Kind of sounded too low. Five sounded too high. So I picked four. <laughs> and then I talked to Jenna Link, and she's like, "Yeah, that seems you know, it, it seems like a, a reasonable number." Then when I went back to look at the data, I noticed that it was just. That we only would have ticked that one time. So okay. there would have been uh, multiple times in, in, in pre-K through six where students would have been wearing masks in a class because we had positive cases. But, you know, as I told the board, the, the key to all of this is keeping your kids home when they're sick. You know, the board approving this plan, is, in my my opinion, essentially, it's kind of a, a not a, a contract per se, but it's a, a, a partnership between our community, our parents and our schools to say Don't send your kids to school sick. If they have symptoms, keep them home. Um, We are, uh, the board did approve uh, Binax testing, Binax Now testing, which is a uh, quick uh, test to determine whether a child has COVID or not. It's completely voluntary. We will call a parent and say, hey, are you interested in allowing your child? We'll actually send out a form that uh, allows parents to give us the permission. Uh, And so we think that's another key to this because not every kid will show symptoms prior to coming to school. They might get to school and show symptoms, but then, you know, since masks are optional, our quarantining circle is at six feet. So we want to know in pretty short order whether a child has COVID or not, because that then affects when you contact trace two days prior to symptoms starting every kid within that six foot circle. Right. Right. For for more than fifteen continuous minute, minutes in a twenty four hour period.
0: Now this Binex testing, I have not heard of it. Is it like the shield testing?
1: It's a little bit different. It's it's a nasal swab. It's not the deep you know to your eyeball nasal swab. It's just right around the, the tip of your nose. You five circles on one nostril, five circles on another. There's a, a packet. You put the swab in and and you wait for fifteen minutes. Okay. And so it's a it's not a it's not a saliva based test it's uh, you know mucus based or whatever sure. you know whatever you want to call it. But I knew
0: if, you were looking at testing this coming fall and yes. wasn't sure where you landed on which product.
1: Yeah, so that's the one that we're we're working on now to get to the ClearWaver. There's a lot of there's some hoops to jump through to make sure we're able to do it, but that's you know we feel that's a, an important piece of the puzzle.
0: Were you able to use money from the CARES Act to purchase this testing?
1: Well, for schools through IDPH, once we get to set up, it'll be free for us. Okay. Um, you know, I envision a time, you know, where we, we, we may need to purchase some, if, you know, if we don't, I, you really don't know, you right. know how, you know, the lead time of getting them, how quick will they turn over, you know, how quickly do you get them? Um, I, there could be some, some portions of that. We'll use Esther, we'll use the Esther three funds um
0: what are Esther three funds well the
1: american rescue plan that oh, was the, okay. the, the i guess you call it esser you know you had cares grant which yes. can called esser one then you had esser two and in the american rescue plan and right. i phrase it esser three gotcha. uh, so we would use that we're also looking at trying to get some additional nursing support um for our schools um utilizing those funds um we're just operating on a lot of unknowns right now with the, the Delta variant and what, what could be coming our way. So we want to be prepared.
0: Right. And there was discussion you were going to look at some projects that would improve uh, ventilation, cir- uh, circulation of air that you could use with this, uh, the, these funds as well. Yeah.
1: So we're looking at uh, probably in uh, October ish, somewhere in that time frame, bidding out for uh, HVAC, new HVAC systems at Harding and Central. So Lincoln's done. The junior high's done. So these would be the next two schools on the list.
0: Okay. So was it a unanimous decision?
1: Unanimous decision. Um, you know, we'll. Uh, you know, the, the our board members. You know, have. You know, doing de, doing what they're doing right now. I mean, I'm just be honest. It's it's not what our legal counsel has suggested that we do. They suggested that we mask everybody up, pre-K through six. Um, there's legal pitfalls for our district by, by going in this direction. And there's legal pitfalls for individual board members by going in this direction. But, you know, they felt strongly enough that this was the right direction for the school to go.
0: What sort of legal pitfalls would a school district face? I mean, this seems like uh, a plan that you're hearing throughout the state.
1: Well, you know, our, our attorney, and see, that's part of the issue. You know, all of the superintendents around here talk and seven different, you know, seven, districts and seven different opinions you know because if you have different attorneys you get different information sure uh and you know our insurance company has already said that they will not cover any covid related uh litigation so anything that you know but there are other districts whose insurance company are saying yeah we'll cover it um so when you hear the different the differing opinions uh it just becomes you know it's a quagmire of well who do you listen to you know who's right who's wrong and you really will never know until some until it gets to that point okay you know and and board our our attorney has said that board members could face individual legal liability so our board members are you know potentially stepping way over where they you know i mean you're talking about individual liability that's a, that's a big thing uh, i mean that's
0: especially for someone who is uh, appointed or elected to a position that is, um, it's unpaid.
1: Yes. And, uh, you know, we all operate. And unfortunately, I live in this world, this worst case scenario world all the time, you know, but you live there so you can inform your, inform the board and inform the community of sure. what could happen, you know, as long as everyone's aware of what could happen. And when we make a decision, then we move forward. Sure.
0: And, you know, we don't know what the future holds.
1: We do not. Uh, if we did, bug on it. <laughs> We'd have, we'd know the lottery numbers for today. Yes, we would have.
0: <laughs> Meaning, you know, things could change. The, the governor uh, could, you know, make changes or the CDC. I mean, there's, there, you saw Galesburg this morning uh, recommending uh, masks indoors, uh, whether you're shopping, eating, uh, no matter what. So who knows?
1: Well, we felt it was important to get information into our parents' hands now. Um, we, we do know, and I did say it in the plan, that things could change. Um, there's, it's a, it's a, it's going to change, um, or, it, you know, we're ready for it, whatever it is, but we felt it important to get this information into our parents' hands now, but please, you know, you know, hopefully they understand that things could change. Maybe there's a mask mandate that comes down. Who knows? I mean, right. but we're, you know, we're operating on the best information that we have right in front of us right now. And, right. Uh, you know, our plan is, you know, it, to, to, to me, it's a common sense plan. You know, our numbers will, do, our mask wearing is dictated by our numbers. I think that's a, a sound plan, um, and, but you know, I, people, <laughs> I, I tend to, to land where common sense lies, so.
0: Okay, for those maybe just tuning in, run us through the mask-wearing metrics. Uh, you said use of masks are recommended at Mammoth Roseville School District, but not required, and here are the metrics. <laughs>
1: yeah so pre-k through six one positive case in a classroom and students in that class will wear a mask for 14 calendar days and teachers as well and will daily pre-certification checks we're asking all parents to check their child's health before school and do not send them if they're sick Um, four more cases in a building pre-k through six mask for 14 days Uh, two or more epidemiologically linked cases within 14 calendar days, everyone in the building wears masks for two weeks. If week, if weekly youth cases in Warren County increase for three or more consecutive weeks, masks may be required. If weekly county test positivity is greater than 8%, masks may be required. If weekly new cases are greater than 100 per 100,000 people, masks may be required. If weekly county overall cases increase for two consecutive weeks with a greater than 20% increase occurring each week, masks may be required. And if weekly county youth youth case numbers increase two consecutive weeks with a 20% increase, uh, masks may be required. I okay. will work with the county the county health department. We will look to see if those numbers are translating into positive cases in our buildings. If so, we may be required to wear masks. Right. If not, then you know we'll we'll, we'll look at those numbers because, like I said earlier. Our data last spring dict- told us that just because there's substantial community transmission, that doesn't mean it was getting into our schools.
0: You know where that Binax testing that you're going to be having for COVID-19 is going to be so important is, Ed, we've had a year without strep throat, H1N1 flu, you name it. Every, every thing that we normally go through in a, in a school year, uh, we haven't had that for a year. So we, you know numbers dictate that we might have the normal stuff come back
1: yeah and that's kind of that, that's one of the reasons why we're looking at the uh, additional nursing support so if we you know if we if we're able to, to secure that and um, we know kids could be getting sick you know we we want to be able to give our parents an option now if if a child gets sick outside of the school setting we, you know, we're, we're not really sure how we're going to be able to help them. They would have to call their doctor then. Um, if we come up with something, we'll certainly let everybody know. But, say, you know, again, you know, this that, that testing can be very important for the quarantining aspect as well. We're, we're, we feel like this is a sound plan, you know, you know uses some common sense. It moves us forward. Um, you know, it's a kind of a partnership because we know what happens outside the schools is just as important, if not more important, than what occurs in the mitigation factors that occur in our schools.
0: Okay, and um, not to steal Jeremy Adolphson's thunder, but since you're you're here today, um, how will we handle uh, uh, high school sports uh, with uh, obviously masks and um, quarantining and that type of thing?
1: Well, it's eerily quiet on the uh, the sports front. I'm not sure why that is. Maybe, maybe I, I really don't know. Um, well, right now, my viewpoint has been we're going to end the year, you know, we're going to start the year the same way we ended it, but that could change based on what the guidance says. Because the guidance, you know, at the end of the year, at, when football season was in effect, they were playing, you know, indoors or they were playing with masks and they were outside. Mm-hmm. Same thing with volleyball, but the seating was limited. So that's kind of, until we get new additional guidance, to me, that's where it lands. Okay. You know, we'll see where it goes. There, There is, um, you know, they're really trying to, through the IDPH guidance, you know, trying to re- push... Uh, proactive shield testing and or binax testing for sports um you know i i I don't know how families will respond to that sure again you know if we don't have covid cases you know we don't and and, and then we we essentially don't have a number or a question to answer you know so but we'll just wait for that guidance
0: okay anything else you want folks to know
1: uh, just two things, you know. Last night, the board did hire a new principal, at central intermediate. Officially, Andrea Frieden has okay. uh, 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 was selected by the committee, and, and got that job. Um, we're excited to have her. She was a teacher in the district for many years, and now she's back, so we're really excited. And uh, we hired a new transportation director, uh, James Kane, from Smithshire. Um, went through the interview process; was a top candidate, so we're really excited. Um, you know, for that, anybody who's interested in driving a bus, please communicate with us. Um, we're always looking for drivers. We're lo- always looking for sub-drivers. Um, you know, we'd like to start, you know, if anyone's interested, we'd like to start that process with them to, uh, you know, you work a couple hours in the morning, a couple hours in the afternoon, and it's, you know, not a bad gig.
0: Okay. Thank you very much, Ed. You're very welcome. Ed Fletcher with us, Superintendent, mama Roseville School District on 1330 WREM and FM Point.